This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and sex addiction. I'm Amy, I'm your host here, and I'm a recovering sex addict. I've also been sober since December 2nd of 2012. I'm glad you've joined us today. I had some recent experiences that have really provided the opportunity for me to evaluate my boundaries. Are you familiar with that term boundaries? Having boundaries? What boundaries are for? Boundary violations? I wasn't really familiar with that term when I began recovery. I mean, sure, I played soccer as a kid. I knew what boundaries were. I knew what it meant to be out of bounds. I also was an educator and took a large number of child behavior, psychology, and education classes. I learned that kids like structure and need to know where the boundaries are. But I had never really used that term as in discussing my behavior, the behavior of those around me, or really in an adult setting at all. Boundaries had to do with sports and kids as far as I was concerned. That alone probably contributed to my addiction more than I realized, but that is the truth. Boundaries were not something that I considered an adult thing. Recently, I've been coaching a woman with an incredibly difficult family situation she's trying to navigate. I brought up the idea of boundaries. She physically, noticeably winced when I said that word. I kind of laughed a little. What's so wrong with boundaries, I asked. Uh, only bitches have boundaries, she told me. I laughed a little harder. I remember the day I said nearly that exact same thing to my therapist. I feel like a bitch every time I even think about boundaries. I don't even have to be discussing, enforcing, or reiterating a boundary. I just had to be thinking about a boundary, and I felt like a malicious, selfish, unpleasant person who was going to cause problems for everyone, right? That's the definition of a bitch. And all I was doing was thinking about having a boundary, thinking about it. And I already felt like the world was going to come to an end. Boundaries, I told her. Maybe we need to redefine boundaries. This is what I want to discuss with you today, redefining boundaries, putting boundaries in place. What are boundaries and why boundaries are absolutely necessary for each of us in recovery. Now, before we jump into boundaries, though, I want to remind you of a few things we have going on with Worth Recovery. First is our first Worth Recovery event, Engaged in the Struggle, we're calling it, is scheduled for Saturday, July 16th in the Seattle, Washington area. Are you going to be there? I hope so. I'm going to be there. I'm so excited. Staying engaged in the struggle is not the easy option. It takes commitment and courage and dedication. So many of you ask me questions about how we stay engaged, how we work through the trauma, how we have better relationships, and how we have boundaries, right? Well, I don't know the answers to all those questions, but I do know people who do know the answers. And at this full day workshop, you're going to have the opportunity to sit with three CSAT therapists, that is certified sex addiction therapists, who have some of the answers to these questions. And they're going to come and present on the topics that you ask me about most. 
In our last episode, I told you about Dr. Aaron Glade, who will be presenting on trauma and the role it has in addiction. I think I told you last time that he was my very first therapist in recovery, the first CSAT that I ever worked with, and he quite literally changed my life, or at least he helped me change my life. I'm so excited for you all to meet him and to hear from him. He was my therapist for three years, and he's the one that told me, I don't know if you remember, that recovery was a three to five year process, but he had such an impact on my life. He also introduced me to the term boundaries on steroids, which is the topic of our podcast today. He is an amazing therapist and a really great person on top of that. So I'm excited to announce today our second presenter. Our second presenter will be Patricia Lyon. She's a licensed mental health counselor and a CSAC candidate. Patricia will be presenting about boundaries, a topic I love and adore, right? And as a certified anger management facilitator, she has great insights about how boundaries keep us safe and strategies for helping us enforce boundaries. I'm thrilled that she's going to be with us and I'm really excited and looking forward to learning from her. We have one more therapist who will be joining our lineup, but I'm going to save that announcement for our next episode. So in episode 37, you'll hear about that third therapist, but you're going to love it. It's going to be amazing. I hope you're going to join us. We're expecting about 50 women Saturday, July 16th, 2016. That's just six weeks away in Renton, Washington. Get online www.worthrecovery.com. That's W-O-R-T-H recovery, R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y.com and learn more about the schedule and get registered. This is going to be an amazing event. In addition to learning from these great therapists, you'll get the chance to really learn from and network with other women in recovery. That to me is one of the best parts. It is essential we come out of isolation and recovery and connect with other women in our struggle. Join us. I'm so excited. I'm super excited to be back in the Seattle area for the week, as well as to reconnect with friends and family. All of the details are on the website, www.worthrecovery.com. Look for the Engaged in the Struggle icon. You really can't miss it. And then next, I want to give a big shout out to our Worth Warriors, Jeannie, Lee, and Camille. Thank you for your support. It's because of the Worth Warriors that we can keep this podcast free for all of you that are listening. Do you want to be part of supporting Worth Recovery and helping women around the world have the voice of another woman in sex addiction recovery to help with their journey? You can do that by becoming a Worth Warrior. For as little as $4 a month, that's less than 50 cents an episode, you can support other women in recovery. The other thing you can do to help support the cause is to share this podcast. Do you have someone you think might benefit? Another woman in recovery? Maybe it's sex addiction. Maybe it's another addiction. Share this podcast. Help them find the support that they need. Help them by sharing your favorite episode with them. Do it today. Don't wait. All of the information for both our upcoming event as well as the Worth Warriors can be found on the website, worthrecovery.com. Okay, now I'm ready to dig into boundaries today, right? Episode 36, Boundaries on Steroids. So let's start with this first question. What are boundaries exactly? Okay, I did a lot of reading and research, and this is kind of the definition I came up with. Boundaries are guidelines, rules, or limits that are put into place in order to keep someone safe. Boundaries are actually all around us. Think about like the railing at the edge of a cliff, a boundary that keeps people from falling. There are food guidelines or boundaries that help keep us healthy. 
There are speed limits to keep us safe on the road, rules from harming or assaulting others in order to help protect us physically. But the type of boundaries I want to discuss are personal boundaries. These are guidelines, rules, or limits that we put in place to not only keep us physically safe, personally physically safe, but also to keep us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually safe. These boundaries help me identify what are reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for other people to behave towards me. They also help me decide how I will respond when someone pushes past my established limits, rules, or guidelines. And they also really help me define who I am, the type of person that I am. I like to consider the four areas of my life that I need boundaries in. So we're gonna review all four of those, physical boundaries. Physical boundaries pertain to personal space, privacy, and body. They include things like how much personal space do I need? What type of touch is acceptable from others? Do I give a handshake or a hug? To whom and where? Do I tolerate and listen to things like loud music or bad language? How do I feel about locked doors? Do I understand and respect privacy? These would also include sexual boundaries. How does sexual touch happen for me? What type, where, who, when? How do all of those physical boundaries work in my life? An example of a physical boundary might be, I don't hug men who I'm not related to. Or, my nightstand next to my bed is my space and is private. Or maybe it's as simple as, if the door is closed to my office, you need to knock and receive permission before coming in. These would be examples of physical boundaries I might have. Okay, second category is mental boundaries. And these apply to thoughts, values, and opinions. What is it that I believe? Can I hold these opinions when I'm with others? Can I listen to someone else and hold space for their opinion even if I don't agree? Am I easily persuaded or talked in or out of things? Do my thoughts or opinions change depending upon who I am with? If others don't agree with me, is that, is that okay? An example of a mental boundary could be, I speak kindly and respectfully to those around me whether they agree with me or not. That's something my family struggles with. Okay, third, third area, emotional boundaries. These emotional boundaries distinguish my emotions from those of people around me. They're like an imaginary force field that separates my emotions from those of others. They allow me to feel however I want about a situation, whether or not someone else feels the same way. They also allow other people to feel however they want about a situation and not have that affect me. They protect me from feeling guilty, from blaming or accepting blame, from giving advice, and from taking on negative feelings or the problems of others. One of the emotional boundaries I have is I don't give advice to anyone unless explicitly asked. Now, if you enter into a coaching or a sponsor relationship with me, you're asking for my advice. But outside of those relationships, unless you explicitly ask me for my advice, I do not offer it. It's one of the boundaries that I have put in place that that helps me so much. I can't even tell you how much that little boundary helps me. Okay, fourth category, spiritual boundaries. Spiritual boundaries relate to my beliefs and experiences and connecting with my higher power or God. They include the set of beliefs I have about God and my relationship with my higher power. They help me identify and stay safe from spiritual intimidation and spiritual bypass. A spiritual boundary example could be, I don't let others dictate the status of my relationship with my higher power. 
Or maybe I don't try to dictate or define God for other people. I'm sure someone somewhere has more categories of boundaries that you could work on, but those four are enough for me. (laughs) Trying to establish and maintain boundaries in just those four areas is hard. I don't need more categories. Personal boundaries are guidelines, rules, and limits I put in place to keep myself safe physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, maybe you already knew that. Maybe you're like, yeah, okay, Amy, I know what boundaries are. Then maybe you're asking yourself, why are boundaries absolutely necessary in recovery? Well, let me tell you. I'll tell you why they're necessary. And that is because addiction is born out of boundary violation. I firmly believe that. Addiction is born out of boundary violation. My experience and the experiences of the women I know in addiction says that chronic boundary violation has been a huge contributing factor to developing an addiction from the very beginning. And then as the addiction progresses, we continue to violate boundary after boundary, guideline after guideline, rule after rule, limits after limits. All these things are nearly non-existent in an addictive person. Addiction is a disease of boundary violations. It's born out of boundary violation, and then we continue and perpetuate those violations over and over and over again in addiction. This was my life. I didn't even really know what boundaries were, let alone that they had been violated. As a child and a young adult, I had no idea what was acceptable or not from others physically, mentally, emotionally, or even spiritually. Sure, I had general ideas that I had picked up from others or from TV and movies, but when it came down to what I would accept or not, or what my opinion was, or how I wanted things to go, I was a mess. I had soft boundaries at best, but probably they were more like non-existent. I would absorb the opinions, personality, behaviors, and thoughts of people around me in an attempt to find acceptance. I also learned really early on that it was important to put the needs of others before my own. I didn't feel like I had the right to have a boundary. I felt like boundaries jeopardized my relationships and that if I was just a better person, stronger, maybe more spiritual or more stable, I could handle the behaviors of others and not need boundaries. Boundaries were set by people who were selfish who weren't supportive of others, and who were absorbed in their own lives. They were people who needed to control the behavior and emotions of others. Boundaries were for bitches. That's how I felt. However, living without boundaries also wasn't working for me. I did things I didn't want to do. Things happened to me that I didn't want to happen. I couldn't stop people from violating my boundaries, and I couldn't even stop myself from violating the boundaries of others. Living without boundaries wasn't working at all. So even though I thought boundaries weren't that great, the more that I talked and learned in recovery, the more I realized the need for these boundaries in my life, whether I wanted them or not. The more I recognized the need for safety, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual safety. Boundaries needed to become a part of my life. And even if that meant I became a bitch, though I'll tell you, I didn't have to become a bitch in order to have boundaries. See, boundaries felt bitchy to me because I didn't have any. As I examined why I thought boundaries were bitchy, it was really because in so many ways I was jealous. I was jealous that these women, women with boundaries, could do what they wanted and not feel guilty 
I was jealous of the freedom they seemed to experience. I was jealous that they were confident enough in their own experiences and opinions and in themselves to say, here's my boundary. And if you don't like that, then that is okay. I will walk away. That concept blew my mind. I could have a boundary and if someone didn't like it, I could be okay. My therapist told me though, not just be okay, I would be awesome. I would feel better because I wasn't constantly betraying myself by allowing others to dictate and violate my boundaries. I knew I had to learn how to do this. I had to learn how to do this. I would feel better than okay after someone rejected me because of a boundary I'd put in place. That didn't make sense to me at all. Not at all. But because I was committed to doing all the crazy things my therapist asked me to do, that is why I found recovery, I was determined to try this. So I started with someone who I honestly didn't care if they rejected me or not. Like really, I didn't care one bit because I already disliked him very, 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 very much. This man was my current boss, Harold, at the time. He's not my boss now, but at that time, he was my current boss, Harold. This man was incredibly abusive. He was incredibly controlling. He was an alcoholic and a rager. He could get so upset when he was at the office. He would take one of us into his office or the conference room and yell, scream at the top of his lungs until the person cried. I really think he was trying to break them. On bad days, he would also throw things at the windows. It didn't matter. 100% of the time, his anger was unwarranted. Unwarranted. It was something that was totally out of his control or our control for that matter, but that didn't stop him from taking his anger out on one or all of us. Another employee decided to retire and I got yelled at like there was no tomorrow. Again, I can't control that. A faculty member asked for more money in his contract and a window was broken from him throwing things. As emotional as I am though, I never cried in front of him. I couldn't do it. I would not crack under the pressure, but... I was done. I was starting to feel it. I was so done with his abusive behavior and I just couldn't do it anymore. I talked it through with my therapist and I explained the situation. (laughs) He said, it sounds like what you need here, Amy, is boundaries on steroids. That became my new mantra, boundaries on steroids. I wasn't just going to have boundaries. I was going to have boundaries on steroids. The boundary was going to be this. When he started yelling and screaming, I was going to say, I am happy to continue this conversation when you can talk to me in a professional manner. Until then, I'm asking you to leave my office. Or if I was in his office, I would say, I'm going to leave your office. Can you believe that? I was going to tell my boss that he couldn't talk to me in a certain way, that he couldn't yell or scream or throw things. I was going to say, no, I do not accept that behavior. And not only do I not accept it, I'm going to remove myself from this situation. This was boundaries on steroids. So let me tell you, I remember the first time I did it. I was shaking, shaking. My whole body was shaking. I didn't even care if this man liked me. I didn't care what he did or what he wanted to do. I didn't care about it at all. Not one bit, not at all. At least that's what I kept telling myself. Boundaries on steroids, boundaries on steroids, boundaries on steroids. Yet, I stood there in my office shaking while he yelled at me. It was a bad day. He picked up something that I knew he was going to throw. He took a deep breath. Now was my chance, I thought. Harold, I'm happy to continue this conversation when you can talk to me in a professional manner. 
Until then, I'm asking you to leave my office. I think I mumbled a little bit. What? He asked me. I could see the rage like building behind his eyes. I said it again. Quieter this time. Harold, I'm happy to continue this conversation when you can talk to me in a professional manner. Until then, I'm asking you to leave my office. Everything in his hands dropped, dropped everything to the floor, his phone, papers, books, all of it. And he just stared at me. It felt like minutes went by, but I'm sure it was not even 30 seconds. I stood up straighter. I said it again, Harold, I'm happy to continue this conversation when you can talk to me in a professional manner. Until then, I'm asking you to leave my office. Third time was the charm. He picked up his stuff from the floor and left my office. Not just my office, he left the whole building. Yes, the whole building. And I felt, and I felt okay. No, wait, I was still shaking. I remember I was still totally shaking. But you know what, guys? I felt amazing. Amazing. I had stood up for myself in a professional way. I didn't fight fire with fire. I wasn't a bitch. I had politely, professionally set a boundary. A boundary. I could do this. I could totally do this. And he didn't come back to the office that entire day. I would love to say that that started to fix our relationship, but it didn't. In fact, things got worse. Things got a whole lot worse. But every time he started yelling, I used the same line every single time. Harold, I'm happy to continue this conversation when you can talk to me in a professional manner. Until then, I'm asking you to leave my office. One time I remember, he had just yelled at three other coworkers and he walked into my office, slammed the door and started in on me. I started with the same line. I stood up. Harold, I'm happy to continue this conversation when you, and he interrupted me. I know, I know, when I can talk to you in a professional manner. I am your boss, Amy. You know that, right? He said, yes, yes, I know that. But that doesn't give you the right to yell at me or anyone for that matter. And he left, slamming the door behind him. Our relationship continued to deteriorate, and it wasn't even a year later when I finally quit. But really, quitting was one of the best things I ever did. Ever. Now, I tell you that story because it's a success story, right? It has a great ending. I did it. I learned what boundaries were. I learned why they were necessary in my life. And I tried it. I did it. It was a huge catalyst in my life to being able to start setting boundaries and create a safe place for me to live and operate because that is my job. It is my job to create a safe place for me to operate in. No one can do that for me. It's my job as an adult. But I also want to make sure that you know, I do have at least an equal number, if not probably more, failed boundary attempts. And I have some that really aren't even in place yet, things that I'm working on, but they just aren't quite there. Let me quickly tell you one of those because I've always said I want this show to be real. So one of my cousins currently lives with me. She had hit some tough times and I had some extra space and things just kind of fell together. She's about 24, an adult of some kind, I would say. And so when she moved in, I didn't really think about having the conversation about boundaries. But that was totally my bad. One time, with the door to my office closed, she just walked right in while I was in the middle of recording a podcast episode. Yep, fun, 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 right? She has no concept of personal space and loves to, I I would call it like, pet me. 
Like literally, she'll sit really close to me on the couch and just kind of like rub my arm like she's petting me. It's really uncomfortable. And this whole thing is just really the tip of the iceberg. Now, some would say these are small things. I should be able to get over small things like this. But you know what? They aren't really small things. And not having my privacy or my personal space puts me on edge. It makes me feel unsafe. And the resentment started to grow. I hated it when she was home. I didn't want her here. And then I started complaining about it to other people. That's when I know it's bad. That's when I know I'm not taking responsibility for what's going on. One of the girls I coached one night said to me something. We were discussing a totally different topic. I mean, totally different. And she said, I remember it like clear as day. She said, hey, you know, it's like you always say, Amy, I can't hold someone accountable for a boundary I haven't voiced. Oh, that's right. I do say that, don't I? I can't hold someone accountable for a boundary I haven't voiced. I can have all the boundaries in the world, but if I don't tell others what my boundaries are, then I give up the right to hold them accountable and give up the right to be resentful and angry when they are violated. You can't hold someone accountable for violating something that they don't know is even in existence. I sat down that night and I had a meeting with my cousin about boundaries. It's better for sure, but it's not perfect. In fact, we had to have a second meeting just yesterday to discuss the chronic boundary violations going on. This morning, rather than hold her accountable for the mess she had created, I cleaned it up, muttering under my breath. So that was a boundary fail just this morning. But you know what? It's okay. Why is it okay? Because I am engaged in the struggle of making it happen. Yesterday, we put some consequences in place around the boundaries, and if I will follow the agreed-upon rules, guidelines, things like that, things will get better. In some areas with her, I have boundaries that work really well and that are really awesome, but other areas, not so much. But I'm working. I'm working on it every day, and that's what's important to me. And also, in having this discussion with her, I learned something. She doesn't want to have boundaries. She told me that boundaries are bogus. (laughs) Okay, boundaries are bogus. Why do you think she feels that way, that boundaries are bogus? I can tell you. It's because she doesn't know who she is. It's because she's struggling to find her own identity and understand herself. But what she doesn't know is that boundaries are some of the best things that help you define who you are. People without boundaries don't like people who have boundaries. But you know what? People with boundaries also don't like to spend a whole lot of time with people who don't have boundaries. It kind of works both ways. Boundaries provide a safe place for me to operate from. They allow me to have the freedom I need in order to be me. And when I feel safe, when I have strong boundaries intact, I can actually be more empathetic, more compassionate. I can help more. I can do more. I can be more authentic and more real. That is what safety does for a person. When we have boundaries, we create a safe place that allows us to be amazing. I'm grateful for boundaries. I'm grateful to understand what they are and how necessary they are for my recovery. I hope you take some time and evaluate what your boundaries are. Are they working for you? Do you have boundaries in all areas of your life? How do you deal with boundary violations? Get online and share what you think about boundaries and the biggest piece of boundaries you struggle with. I would love to hear from you. Connect with us on Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest or get on our website, worthrecovery.com. As always, ladies, I hope you remember that no matter what is going on in your life, 
no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel in this moment, no matter how many boundaries you do or do not have in place, we're all a work in progress. You are worth recovery, 100% worth it. I know that. Keep up the fight. Don't forget, you can support Worth Recovery by being a Worth Warrior. Also, we have our big event in Seattle coming up in July. All the details are on the website, worthrecovery.com. I think about you. I pray for you. I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.